You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Monday, February 7th. 2022 <laughs> almost got me you almost had me dog you almost had me but I'm, I'm i'm slick like that i'm slick with it thank you for making lockdown tigers your first listen every day we are free and available on all platforms today's episode is brought to you by bet online but online has you covered this season with more props odds and lines than ever before but online where the game starts today's show it's great to be back, everybody. Today's show, uh, we will be cover- covering, that's the word, several different things. Going to do our usual lockout update. Uh, we're going to do it in segment two this time. Usually we kick off the show with it. We're going to do it in segment two, though, because in segment one, we actually have some organization signings. And I know in a normal off season, these would probably be just like passing comments or just like small housekeeping stuff. And, and even with the situation we're in they're they're not players that have, you know, a ton of information on them that we can do deep dives into. But uh, we actually have, the organization has signed a couple of players. And if you're asking, well, how was that possible? Um, baseball as a whole, major league baseball, you cannot sign Anybody lockout, as we all know. Minor league baseball is not in a lockout. You can do whatever you please. If you're a minor league organization, you you, you mini camps coming up around the corner. I mean, hell, right? Like they're they're ready to roll. Um, so major league, minor league. Sorry, goodness. Minor league baseball, you can uh, you you can sign, trade, do whatever. Normal off season business as usual. They're looking up, going, what the hell is wrong with y'all? Uh, so we signed two players to minor league deals. We'll talk about that in the first segment. Lockout update in the second segment. And then we talked about the end of it last week. Baseball America released their uh, talent rankings. They call them organization talent rankings from uh, from top to bottom ranking all 30 teams. Basically, the, the amount of talent they have across all levels of the minor leagues put together. And we're going to see where the Tigers and maybe some other AL Central teams, other teams in general, fall on those rankings. So welcome back to a Monday edition of Locked on Tigers. For real, means a lot to me. You, Our, our listenership ha- has not wavered, which is phenomenal to me. Uh, that in a lockout sport uh, and, and being down to three episodes a week, we might have four this week. Spoiler, but down to three episodes a week, uh, you you guys have not wavered, and uh, your your support really means uh, means the world to me for real uh, on, a, on a very very real level. That's uh, means a ton to me that I can I can keep doing what I'm doing and know that you guys have my back. So, without further ado, let's get into some actual Tigers related news. It's been a while, right? It's it's been a minute. Uh, the Detroit Tigers have signed pitcher Carlos Sanabria and catcher Chris Rabago on minor league contracts. Officially, as of I believe the fifth, 
Today's the 7th, so I, I believe that on Saturday is when they were officially signed. Now, again, like, like we talked about in the beginning, man, like I, I, I understand that in the grand scheme of moves that we will make in the offseason, the, these are going to rank towards the bottom in, in presently. But we have to remember last year, and we have to remember how important a lot of dudes who came in on minor league deals ended up being, right? Least we forget the the injury problems of 2021 and just how many dudes on minor league deals that were brought in on minor league deals in the offseason had to step up and contribute in big ways. Dustin Garneau was a big one, right? When Jake Rogers went down, uh, we we actually had a, a our catch you know Ramos got cut because he he was uh, not performing very well. Then Rogers and then Haas can't really be the only catcher on the team, and even he was you know kind of went through his hot and cold streaks. And Garneau stepped up in a huge huge way. And and again, least we forget Willie Peralta, the king, three point oh seven ERA, leading all starters on the team. In 18 starts, 138 ERA plus, leading all starters and the second highest in the entire team, bullpen included. Least we forget, 133 whip, second, third, third lowest. Now that might actually be fourth if we include Boyd. Whatever, not important. ERA, runs given up. The lowest of any starter on the team that made more than like 15 starts. Phenomenal. Okay. So the, these depth pieces, and I'm not saying that either of these two guys are, are going to be as valuable as Garneau or Peralta were last year, but it's just important to remember that even though you're looking at it and you're like, oh, like that's just a nothing signing. Who's even going to care about that? The, these these dudes have the potential to contribute and we don't know how the 40 man's going to get shaped out. We don't know. And I mean, we, I guess we kind of have a general idea of how the 40 man's going to shape out. That's kind of a lie, but we, uh, you know, with injuries, people go off the 40 man and then you can add people on like every signing matters, baby. That's just my motto. Every, look into every signing. Don't have anything go unnoticed to you because there's a very, very fine line in this industry between organizational depth and you're you're going to start 20 games for the Detroit Tigers who were almost 500 until the last couple of weeks of the season. So just don't don't let anything slip by you. Carlos Santabria was signed by the Houston Astros as an international free agent in 2014. He's now 25 years old. Uh, he's only pitched two games at the major league level, and that, honestly, the, they were not great. Um, but looking at his minor league stats, okay, in AAA, he had a 5.27 ERA. Not fantastic. However, there are some redeeming qualities. He, he had a 9.5 K per nine. Not terrible. Right, he uh, he's out of the bullpen. By the way, he's a reliever. Uh, nine and a half K per nine. There, five point nine walk per nine is unbelievably high. That is that is very high. Uh, but the strikeout numbers aren't bad across all of his minor league career. They are at it's at a nine even. Uh, he's honestly had it in the double digits in some of the lower level of the minors. So 
there's there's some strikeout capability there, but the walk per nine is definitely very, very high. Hit per nine at 8.2. Again, pretty pretty high for a reliever, right? Almost giving up a hit and inning. His whip was over one and a half, which is also pretty high. But the K numbers are something that, that you can at least look at and say, okay, he, he has the ability to, to get whiffs. Looking at his double-A numbers, and I know that when trying to be encouraged about someone going down a level to find that encouragement is not exactly the, the, the greatest sign of hope, but he had a really solid season in double-A before getting called up to triple-A last year uh, when he was in the Royals organization. 2.61 ERA, solid. 8.7 K per nine, solid. 5.2 walk per nine. Uh, while that is certainly not good, it's you know he he had about a six in 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 AAA, so you know something. But the hit per nine was at 4.1. That is very very solid. Home run per nine was at 1.2, which honestly really surprises me because his home run per nine at AAA was 0.3. And the general belief was that AAA was the one using the juice balls and AA was the one that was not using the juice balls. So that's kind of backwards to me. But uh, a whip of just over one in AA. So he, he has shown the ability to get hitters out and he's shown the ability to get swings and misses. Will he even pitch in a Tigers uniform? If you were a betting man, you'd say no. If you were using betonline.net, you, you'd say no. But as far as, again, an organizational depth piece, if there is an emergency and he has to come up, you know, there, there are worse options out there in my eyes. Get a guy who is, is probably going to be, a, you know, wild. We, we have plenty of those, right? Gregory Soto is literally our closer. We, we, we love guys that are wild but strike people out, okay? It's kind of like our thing. So, again, will, will he actually pitch? In Comerica Park, who knows? But as far as organizational depth goes, I will take it. I, I don't mind the signing at all. We will get into the other signing after I tell y'all about Built Bar. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions. But not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not even really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out. It's one of Bill Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're like, they're, they're, I mean, they're marshmallowy, man. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat and they're covered in hundred percent real chocolate as well. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They're all so good. And these are going to be your new favorite snacks, man. I'm telling you all Bill Bars are covered in hundred percent real chocolate. Puffs included. 100% real chocolate, low calorie, high protein, replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. So go to built.com, scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. Most built bars have 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which like I said earlier, has like 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Built Bars come in mint, brownie, coconut, coconut almond, all new this month. Love a new Built Bar flavor. White chocolate, cookies, and cream. 
They're all delicious. New flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It's delicious and it will be good for you. At Built Bar, it's all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy after. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. I was going to tell you guys about rockauto.com. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and miles, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why endure often pointless or intimidating questioning and wait while a person behind the counter orders all the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers. You have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%? Even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. There are reliably low prices for every customer. They have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, now even carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and write Locked On and the How Did You Hear About Us box to know that they know that we... Send you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Welcome back to segment two of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. It's Super Week brought to you by Get Upside, and there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than on the Locked On NFL podcast. Locked On Bengals and Locked On Rams are in LA all week covering the big game. Okay, so we talked about in the first segment one of the signings that the Tigers uh, managed. I guess it's not technically the Tigers. The Tigers organization managed to get uh, the second signing, catcher Chris Rabago. Rabago's another guy for organizational depth purposes I really like. Can never have too many catchers. We saw that last year again. We talked about earlier the, the catching carousel that we ended up having due to all the injuries and the, the roster moves and whatnot. So I, I'm always down. To get to get to get a veteran catcher to put down on a minor league deal for depth purposes, and and certainly the organization feels the same way after last season. Rubago, this will be his age twenty nine season. Last year in Colorado, he was drafted by the Rockies in twenty fourteen. Uh, last season had a two thirty four average, three thirty three on base percentage, and a three twenty five slugging percentage. His slugging percentage is, is been in the 300s at every level. Not a guy that's going to hit for power at all. Not going to hit for average, really, at all. Uh, Mid-200s average pretty much at, evened out at, at, at every level of the minors as well. The redeeming quality in him is, is one, he's got a decent arm behind the plate. Caught ceiling percentage of almost 40%. Usually hovers about 37 38%. To put that in perspective, Yadier Molina has the current for all active catchers the current highest caught stealing percentage for a career and his is 40.31 okay so anytime you're up there in the high 30s you're talking about you know James McCann's career is 34.53 we all we all remember the McCannon right so just to kind of give you an idea and granted his is at the minor league level of course but uh pretty pretty solid but they're behind the place so you're getting a a, a decent Catcher when it comes to defense and, and keeping runners off the base path. But another thing that's uh, actually super redeeming is his ability to draw walks. 
Um, and everybody knows I'm a slappy for a dude that knows how to draw a good walk. Um, but even with the 234 batting average last year, his OBP was 333. Now, when that's high, his on-base percentage has been higher than his slugging percentage like several times across multiple different levels. So, like, again, not not going to hit the ball very far. We're talking about a, a, a singles and walks guy, but I will gladly take a solid veteran defensive catcher that nobody's going to steal on that draws, a, you know, two or three walks a week. That might be a little exaggerating, but you get the point. I, I, I would gladly take that. He had almost a 12% walk percentage in his 53 games in AAA last season for Colorado. I'll take it. I'll take that. So those are the two signings that the Tigers have added. Uh, now for your regularly programmed and scheduled lockout update. Uh, really the only update is that the mediator has been rejected by the players. So essentially what is happening is MLB requested that a third-party federal mediator came in to sit down with them and hash out and, and basically compromise on everything. The mediator really would have looked in and told both sides, you can't compromise on this, you can compromise on this, you can't compromise on that, you can't compromise on that. So, uh, and, and tried to help the process along. Now, for people that are, that are maybe on the owners or on MLB side throughout all this, I'm not, I'm not here to change anybody's opinion on anything, by the way, just so we're clear. But I am very pro-player, so I'm just trying to explain it from... Uh, I'm going to explain it objectively, but also give my subjective opinion. I, I hope that makes sense, and I ho- hope I do a decent job at doing that. MLB wants the mediator, and the union basically said to piss off. They said, no, we, we don't want a mediator. We want you to just actually have regular meetings with us instead of, you know, going through this nonsense where we've met like four times total since the lockout started three months ago now. And MLB's response was very much what it should have been if they wanted to paint a picture that the players didn't want to play. It was the, it was the perfect response to, to give to the media and the general public. They say, we want a mediator. The players say, no. MLB's response, their official response, basically said, we want to play on opening day, and now we're trying to get a third party in here to help move the process along, and the players clearly don't want to play on opening day. When you look historically at times that mediators have been brought in. I'm not going to sit up here and say that they don't help because there have been plenty of instances, not only in baseball, but across all sports. So you can throw soccer in there, the MLS. They, they had a lockout, what, six, seven years ago. They had a mediator come in and dude helped move them along. Um, baseball has had mediators before and they've had them help. Baseball has also had a plethora of mediators come in and not help at all. A mediator came in for the 94th strike and did such a horrible job that Tom Glavin, Hall of Famer Tom Glavin, who, uh, who, who was the Players Union rep at the time, said, this is one of the worst offers I've ever seen. You're, you're literally giving away things that we were striking for like the, this is the reason we striked. And now you're like, Oh yeah, no, like 
you 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 should just accept this or 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 accommodate the owners in this regard and uh, they pretty much laughed in their face, and that's why there was no World Series in 1994, and they barely started on time for 1995. So, their, a mediator is not a slam dunk to get this thing moving, I guess is my point. And the player's response was essentially saying that they felt that that's the direction that this was headed, that they felt that a mediator would have accommodated and helped the owners significantly more than it would have helped their cause. And at the end of the day, these are two parties that are dealing with millions and millions and billions of dollars. And if they feel that a third party is going to come in and side more one way with the other, then they're going to tell them to F off. And that's exactly what they did. And their response was, we think that what would help move the process along is actually meeting not a third party mediator would be to actually just have meetings until we figure it out and not play this ring around the rosy. Oh, we'll, we'll meet on Tuesday this week and then you won't hear from us from a month nonsense. And I find a little bit of a validity in both sides, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I think that the players, as I've said a million times throughout this whole offseason, I'm, I'm very pro player in, in this regard, in this circumstance, in this situation. And I do com- I, I, I agree with everything they've said. I, I agree that it's, it's pretty ridiculous for the, <laughs> the owners to request mediation and just expect the players to to it's not as black and white as the owners made it made it sound like I guess is my point it's not as as direct as that it's not oh the players rejected mediation they must not want to play that's asinine and not true and while it has helped a lot it has also not helped a lot the players felt that it would have hurt their cause more than it would helped it and I agree with them in the sense that I, I think a much easier way to fix this would just be to meet like every day or every other day until you actually hash a deal out instead of just sending each other counters proposals once a full moon and expecting some movement on either side. So there's my two cents and there's also the overall situation. Again, I, I hope I, I painted an objective picture while adding my my subjective opinion on it, that's kind of the line I was hoping to to walk there. We will get into Baseball America's talent rankings, organizational talent rankings. After I tell you all about BetOnline.net, BetOnline has you covered this offseason with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues to march through the playoffs, right to the big game. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just football either. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. So don't wait and take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, everybody, we are back here for our third and final segment of Locked on Tigers I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Baseball America last week released their organizational rankings. They call them their their talent rankings, right? Ranking the, the total talent 
from top to bottom across all levels of the minor leagues. And your Detroit Tigers got just outside the top five, coming in at number six in those rankings. Uh, We know Baseball America is huge fans of Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson as well. That obviously helps. Jackson Job is is kind of all over the place in top 100s, depending on which websites you use. Uh, But Baseball America seems to be decently fond of him. So you see your Tigers coming in at number six. A large portion of the reason that was horribly worded, a big part of of why the Tigers also come in at six is for their most recent draft. I don't think people really quite grasp or realize just how widely loved the Detroit Tigers 2021 draft was by like any scout you ask ever. It is, it is very, very impressive and cool to see. When taking a look at the top 10 prospects within the organization, you already see, we have, we've obviously already talked about Job, but you have Ty Madden, who's already pretty widely considered to be a borderline top five prospect in this organization, and the only four people ahead of him are Job, Green, Torgelson, and Dingler, who are like solidified either top 100 or borderline top 100 prospects, two of them being top five prospects in all of baseball. So Ty Madden, great pick. We got him in the compensation round there at the end of the first. He was supposed to, uh, I I thought he was going to go to the Angels, right? I mean, he was supposed to be a a, a top 10 pick and fell all the way to the Tigers at the end of the first round and then signed. That's a steal and a half. Pacheco, our second round pick. Again, widely, widely loved for there in the second round. Dylan Smith, who we got. From Alabama, roll tide. Dylan Smith, that, that's another pick that a lot of people love. And that, uh, especially just in his work in the offseason, tons of people are coming out and saying Dylan Smith, Smith is somebody to watch for like the potential to fly through rankings and fly up rankings and start off, yeah, again, as, as a back part of the top 10 prospect in this organization. Obviously, that, that would make him nowhere close to the top 100, but by the end of the season even, being a guy that that could fly up rankings. I mean, it, it really is awesome to see. Also, the addition of Reese Olsen, who we got for uh, D- D- Dylan. Daniel Norris at the trade deadline, the only trade the Tigers made last off, or last trade deadline, rather. Uh, he has had a very, very impressive minor league tenure since coming over, and his slider is someone, something that, that people rave about. Uh, it, it really is. It really is cool. And then you have Fiedo coming off of Tommy John. You have Joey Wentz coming off of Tommy John. You have Gage Workman, who who was somebody that he's one where he has a lot of variance depending on who you ask. Some people have him uh, rather low ranked in the organization, and some sources have him as as high as like the. I mean, there, there's one out there that has him uh, borderline top five prospect in the organization, but. Uh, there's, there's, there's a lot, man. Daniel Cabrera had a really solid start to last season. Cody Clemens is now in the majors. He's going to get, well, he's on the 40 man. I shouldn't say he's on the majors. Uh, but so he, he's going to get promoted relatively soon. Um, there, there's another wave of international prospects coming in. It really is exciting, man. People are, people are starting to recognize that the Detroit Tigers minor league system is, is not only top heavy, but especially after the 2021 draft, actually pretty deep too as as far as uh, talent in the organization. And that is 
so unbelievably awesome. So the Tigers come in at number six. I believe the Mariners came in at number one, and then the Chicago White Sox came in at 30, which is just how baseball teams are built is so fascinating to me (laughs) because the Chicago White Sox, what, like three years ago, had one of the most highly ranked Maybe it was maybe it was closer to four years ago. When was twenty seventeen? Is that almost that's five years ago? Goodness, gravy. Uh, so like 2017, 2018, the Chicago White Sox had one of the most stacked minor league systems as far as uh, rankings and and general belief and, and reputation, I guess would be the word that I've ever seen in my lifetime. They had, it was unbelievable, just the stockpile of highly regarded prospects that they had in that system. And their major league team gets better as those players make the, make the majors and, and other players, you know, are traded for major league help, the Dombrowski method, right? And it's just so fascinating to me that that just, that it's not bad. I mean, that they're the favorites to win the division again next year. They're coming off a, a division crown last year. Like that, that's, that's just how building a team and building a contender usually works. But it's just, it's so fascinating how quickly that changes when all those players start making the majors and trade starts happening. You go from, you, you don't spend too much. It's not a slow decline, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You, you don't, you don't go from one to like five to 12 to 15 to 23 to 30. Like it's, it's like you're at one, and then you go to like eight, and then a year or two later, you're at 30, and it's just like, whoa, whoa. So that's just something, uh, an, you know, big AL Central rival that I found fascinating. Uh, the Royals, I believe, were five, if I remember correctly. So the Royals are another one that have a very highly regarded minor league system, uh, and then the Twinkies and the Guardians are pretty middle of the pack, so... Really, really fascinating stuff. Just really cool to see, A, the organization as a whole be this highly regarded because it's something that for, I, I mean, I'm I'm in my mid-20s and I've never seen a Tigers farm system be highly regarded. Like, how crazy is that, you know? Uh, that's, that's just the perks of having Dave Dabrowski be your GM your entire life. But it's, so that's really cool. But I think more importantly, it's just nice to see, again, how highly regarded the Tigers 2021 draft was. That is really awesome to see, top to bottom, just super, super cool. So your Detroit Tigers, Baseball America has as the sixth ranked, sixth most talent, I guess you would technically say, sixth highest ranked talent of uh, of organizationalness that came out just horribly. Uh, the sixth most talented system in baseball. There you go. That was way easier. Good job, Bentley. Okay. Thank you guys for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. And I'll make your second listen. Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. That'll be our show, our Monday edition. Thank you all for rocking with me. More shows this week. We might have a four-episode week this week because we might do a quote-unquote crossover with Lockdown Red Wings. But for those who don't know, I'm also a host at Lockdown Red Wings, so I'm, I'm not really sure how much of a crossover it technically is. But Brian will be on the show, and we're going to 
just chop it up and, and have some fun and talk about uh, the the status of both organizations and compare and contrast you know the front offices and the on the field slash ice product and all that good stuff. Just kind of give a rundown of, uh, of of comparing and contrasting the two organizations. It'll be fun. Brian Brian's a good time and him and I have a lot of fun over at Locked On Red Wings. If you're not a listener there, so that'll do it. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. I will catch y'all either tomorrow or Wednesday. <laughs> Go Tigers, baby.